Well, hello there, you're listening to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 51. I'm Brando, I'm here with Ryan. Today we're going to continue our tribal arc by talking about a bunch of zombies. Now hit our theme song! Hey Ryan, we're back for another whirlwind adventure. Happy St. Patrick's Day! Yes, what is going down? Whole lot's going down. We have a show jam-packed with action and adventure, as we usually do. As we continue on with our tribal arc, we're going to talk about your old, old zombie deck that has over time morphed and changed and become some other type of deck, but it's still a zombie deck. Technically still a zombie deck. One of my favorite decks, and actually one of the decks I'm bringing to GP Vegas. Are we bringing decks to GP Vegas? Some. I'm not bringing all my decks. What about the one that we're going to use to beat wholesale ass on Max Crandell and Dean Goody and all those guys? Definitely bringing that one. Yeah. Just so that you guys know, it's coming along. You're going down. And we're going to sharpen all the edges of all our sleeves so we can throw them at you like throwing stars. Oh, that's a good move. I like that. I like that. See, winning the game outside the game. That's how we're going to win the game. I love winning. Yeah. Take a look at this, Ryan. <laughs> so that's that circle thing where you make them look at your finger in a circle. I'm not sure exactly where that's supposed to go. I think I'm supposed to hoof you in the groin now, but I'm not going to do that because I'm cool. Oh, also cool. We got some beers chilling at the studio for right after the show. Yes, yes. As uh, as per the day and the fact that we like to drink beer. And it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I'm okay with all these things. It, it's almost like breakfast beer. It's wonderful. Okay, social media coordinates? Social media coordinates. We are a CCO podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can see today's deck, last week's deck, any other deck we've talked about in the past or will talk about in the future. We're commandercookoutpodcast at gmail.com. That's where you can send us love mail, hate mail, social suggestions, questions, comments, no nudes. You could send us St. Patrick's Day nudes. No, not even then. You told me how to get into the spirit. <laughs> We're also Commander Cookout on iTunes, Google Play, Google Machine, edhrec.com, YouTube, Patreon, and Podomatic, where we are valiantly struggling to take down the scrapbooking ladies. They're still number one. They're still number one with a bullet. Not sure why. We'll get them later. God dang it. Also, thanks to all of our new Facebook subscribers and the people who have interacted with us on Facebook. I didn't think it was going to go... As well as it has, so for everybody who's been kind of following along and interacting with us, thanks very much. Very much so, yeah. Don't forget any follow, share, uh, subscribe. You don't call it on subscribe. You call it a follow on Facebook. Gets you entered in to win the Thraxamundar deck giveaway. And speaking of which, Patreon Benedict Rall, remember? Yeah. Same name as Eggs? Correct. Rall actually built the Thrax deck. He built it. How did he do? He did. Uh, pretty, he did well, good. he said he's yet to win a game, but he's only played three or four. Oh well. And he's tried to do the the Voltron um, strategy within the deck. You know, make Thrax Thrax under real big by sacrificing a bunch of stuff and then giving him infect or giving him double strike or whatever. Says it's good, it's powerful, but hasn't taken down the pod quite yet. But he likes it. Super flavorful, super flavorful, super fun, and uh, reminiscent of today's list. That's what we push for. I like that. I'm glad that he's doing that. Also, type of eggs roll. We call him egg roll. Oh, egg roll. Yes. So good. Got there. We didn't think of a nickname because he had a sweet name already. Yeah. But this is an even sweeter name. Yeah, I like that. Good one. Wait, wait. We have another contest. Speaking yes. Of nicknames. Yeah. It's the come up with a sweet nickname for Mark Niles Sliver Pack giveaway. So there's one more week to enter both of those contests. We'll be doing the draw on our 52nd show next week. 
Yeah, and that's going to be like a fun kind of anniversary show, and we've got a special deck list lined up for you that sort of fits the arc that we're on currently and will also be kind of the wrap-up show for the Arc of Tribal. Yes, and it's going to really showcase what we're all about here on Commander Cookout oh, Podcast. Yeah. CCO Stinker. That's what we're going <laughs> to that's what it's called. <laughs> It's going to be great. Corrections from last week. You had one. Yes, I did have one. I forgot to add in a card. And the card is called Gutter Grime. Gutter Grime. Gutter Grime. That would definitely go in Ooze Tribal. Yes, it would. It is a green enchantment for four green. Whenever a non-token creature goes to your graveyard, it gets a counter. And you put an XX green Ooze creature token into play where X is the number of counters on Gutter Grime. And that was another reason why Butt Gasp was in there. Because you could just sack the butt gasp over and over and over and over again, and then bring them back with different lands, and then you get these massive oozes. Big oozes from gutter grime. Yeah, just for having those things. It also works with the whole steal their dudes and then sack them so they can't have them back. It gives you another dude that gets bit. Like it's, yeah, it just works really good with everything. And I actually got so I remember having it in front of me when I was building the list, and then I got to putting in stuff to abuse necrotic use, ooze with, and I just totally forgot it was there. Hmm. Yeah, so that's my bad. So if anybody was wondering, hey, Brando, are you terrible? Why didn't you put that in there? That's that's why. Because I'm terrible and my memory sucks. I was going to say two things. First thing, you're terrible. Second thing, would go good with Coat of Arms. And I think before we talk about today's list, we get into Coat of Arms. Because we had a Coat of Arms discussion right before the show. Right. And we looked up some zombies and some lords and some merfolk and goblins. And we talked about token lists and... Just right off the hop, we think that Coat of Arms, five-mana artifact, and it says creatures, you can, all creatures get plus one, plus one for each other creature of the same type on the battlefield. We think that probably the best place to play that card is in a token strategy. Yes. Sapperlings, soldiers, humans, um, pick your token strategy of choice, and that's probably where that card goes. Secondary purpose for it, like this deck, is creature, like, um, secondary purpose for it would be like this deck, in a tribal list. Brando thinks that putting it in goblins, elves, merfolk, is a little bit better than putting it in zombies, let's say, because those first tribes, the creatures are a little bit smaller. In addition, maybe elves has more elves, but zombies have the most zombies. Like, they've been around since the start of Magic. They're literally in all five colors at this point, thanks to Amonkhet. you right. got white ones now. And they have as many lords as merfolk, elves, goblins, blah, blah, blah. And the lords now, like all kind of modern Magic lords, give them plus something, plus something, and another ability. So they're a very well-supported tribe. Do you need Coat of Arms in this list? I don't think so. I don't think so either. What I want to say about that is Coat of Arms, like a few of the other strategies in this list, you can use just for pure value, right? Where it's like you have your team of dudes, you drop your Coat of Arms, and you attack for 20. Or you attack instead of for 20, because you're playing a kind of a swarm style with this deck, you can attack for 40. So it's just going to push the deck just a little bit harder than it normally would. And let's say you're playing against said token strategy. I mean, just don't tutor for your coat of arms. Yeah, or play the coat of arms. Exactly. Because having it in your deck, 
you will inevitably run across somebody who's playing the down the scale of powerful creatures where they go wide instead of tall, and you're going to get smashed. You, if you're playing Coat of Arms and they're playing Sapperlings, the first thing they're going to do is thank you. The second thing they're going to do is kill you. The third thing they're going to do is finish your beer for you because they're going to beat you that bad. They might kill everybody else and then kill you last because you have the Coat of Arms. But yes, or just kill everybody at once. Like it's exactly the uh, the the moral of the story is is if you're playing the token guy that's got you know twenty or thirty tokens on the field, he's gonna beat some ass. Yes, you got to be careful with coat of arms. It's not an auto include like I think a lot of people think. Like you don't put it in dragons, dinosaurs, alligators, oozes, because there's not enough there to really support playing it. I would argue. That's right. I I completely agree. Now this list. If we get into the uh, the recipe for this list, 28 creatures. Almost all of them are zombies. So Coat of Arms can go in this deck, right? Sorry, 28 plus Balthor. And we haven't given him a read yet. So let's do that. Balthor the Defiled is a zombie dwarf legend. No, oh, that's the old wording. From Judgment? Correct. He costs two black black for a 2-2. Two, two. All minions. The hell? Get plus one, plus one, and then he has black, 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 remove Balthor the Defiled from the game. Each player returns all red and all black creatures from their graveyards to play. So a couple things. All minions get plus one, plus one. I think 100% irrelevant in this deck. I don't think that there are any minions. You should have played a uh, Changeling just so you could take (laughs) advantage of that one time. Yes. Play Karn Wanderer. Excellent. I should do that. Just just for the feel bads. Yes. Saying you got hit. Oh, and then hit somebody for Exaxes based on that minion's one power of pump. Yeah. That would be so excellent. That's dirty. I like that. I as, like it. As it stands right now, all minions plus one plus one, irrelevant. Second thing, black, 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 exile Balthor. You exile him to the command zone so you can do it again. Not an issue. The all red and all black creatures. It's important that it's the word red. He doesn't have red in his color identity. And it is all players. So you just kind of have to be a little bit strategic if you activate that ability and do not immediately win the game. Yes. When you're playing against black or red people. And there is a bajookabog in here, so you can take care of the black player's graveyard. So just got to be strategic with it. You got to be cognizant that you're not playing against a Krenko deck that just got wrathed. Or Ooh, yeah, good example. Yeah, or like a big dinosaur thing. If you're not going to kill somebody, that's also going to benefit a lot from this because it's possible. You also want to watch things in graveyards like what's that guy's name? He's red and he's a praetor and he gives all your dudes haste and everybody else's shit comes into play tapped. Oh, fuck! Don't tell me his name's Urabrask the Hidden. Yes, just not hit like him specifically. Like whatever. He's rare. he's very rarely played, but every so often you're going to run across something like that where you're going to. Ha bring my whole team back. And they go, thanks. Oh, you know what would be better than that is if you got somebody's anger back. And it's like, ha, ah, you guys don't have haste anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now die. Yeah. Okay, 28 creatures. Quick hits? Quick hits. Let's start off our day with Carrion Feeder. 1-1 one, one for 1, can't block. Sacrifice dude, put a plus 1 on him. Cemetery Rapist. He is a 3-mana, 2-2, two, two, Lord. So when I say Lord for this deck, I mean plus 1, plus 1. He's got an extra ability, don't care. Corpse Connoisseur. When you cast him, tutor something to your graveyard, and he has Unearth for 4-mana. Corpse Harvester. Activated ability for black and 1. Sack a creature, search for a swamp and a zombie, put him into your hand. Crypt Gasp. 
doubles all your swamps. Crypt Breaker. Discard Outlet and Card Drawer. One, one for one. Super utility, super good, and always, of course, a zombie. Death Baron. He's a 2-2 Lord for three. Gives zombies Death Touch. Diagraft Colossus. Ooh, super good. He is a 2-2 for three. Enters the battlefield with a plus one for each zombie in your graveyard. Whenever you cast a zombie, you get a 2-2 zombie. Super good. Sweet art, too. Grave Scrabbler. Grave Scrabbler is a grave digger that has madness for two. So when you discard it, you can pay it for two instead of four. Grave Titan. Grave Titan is, well, Grave Titan. Six, six for six. Death Touch, when you cast him or when he attacks, you get a 2-2 two, two zombie. You get two 2-2 two, two zombies. I love those 6-6s six, with Death Touch. Grave Crawler. Grave Crawler, one of the main dudes in the deck. 2-1 one for 1, can't block. If you control a zombie, you can cast him from your graveyard. You remember Grave Crawler, because he's good. Grave Digger. Aforementioned Grave Digger, 2-2 two, two for 4. When he enters the battlefield, return a card or creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Gray Merchant of Asphodel. Old Gary. If nobody remembers him, he is a 2-4 for 5. When he enters the battlefield, he drains everybody. That's they lose a life and you gain a life for your devotion to black. That's the number of black symbols in the mana cost of permanence you control. Yep. Grim Haru Specs. 3-2 three, for 3. When a non-token creature dies, draw a card. Lord of the Accursed. Another lord. He is a 2-3 this time for 3. All zombies get plus 1, plus 1. Other ability, doesn't matter. Lord of the Undead. Another lord. Massacre Worm. Massacre Worm. Ooh, good card. Good card outside of this deck. 6-5 for 6. Black, 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 3. When it enters the battlefield, all creatures' opponents control get minus 2, minus 2. And whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, massacre or uh, that player loses 2 life. Also has one of those cool, scary mouths on it. Yeah, like. yeah, we talked about Massacre Worm a couple weeks ago and you mentioned its mouth. Yeah, super cool. Micaeus the Unhollowed. 5-5 five, five for black, 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 3. Intimidate. Whenever a human deals damage to you, destroy it. Is that relevant? Maybe. Maybe. He's in there because he's a zombie and other non-humans you control have undying. So when they die with no plus one, plus one counter on them, they come back with a plus one, plus one counter on them. They come back bigger. Also, big ups to our listener, Aaron Wilson, who finally took me up on my trade me an English Micaeus for my Japanese Micaeus. Very excellent. It's very cool. Next up, we have Noxious Ghoul. When Noxious Ghoul or any other zombie enters the battlefield, all non-zombies get minus one, minus one. Three, three for five. I feel like he might be a win condition. Phyrexian Delver. Enters the battlefield, get a dude back from your graveyard to the battlefield, lose life equal to its converted mana cost. Phyrexian Ghoul. Ooh, yeah. Very much like Carrion Feeder, 2-2 two, two for 3, sack a creature, Carrion Feeder gets plus 1, plus, or sorry, plus 2, plus 2 until end of turn. Pitiless Plunderer. New include, 1-4 for black 3 from Rivals of Ixalan. When another creature you control dies, create a colorless treasure artifact creature. Whenever another creature you control dies, create a colorless treasure artifact token that has tap, sacrifice, Add one mana of any color mana to your mana pool. Win condition. Plague Belcher. Whenever another zombie you control dies, each opponent loses one life. And he's a 5-4 for 3. But when he enters the battlefield, you got to put two minus ones on something you control. Another win condition. Shepherd of Rot. 1-1 one, one for 2. Tap. Each player loses one life for each zombie on the battlefield. Another win condition. Sidisi Undead Vizier. 4-6 for 5. 
Death Touch has exploit, so when it enters the battlefield, sack a creature. If you do, you can search for another card, put it into your hand. Undead Butt Cheek. Undead Butt Cheek, or War Chief, for some who don't have butt cheeks, is actually a weird lord, so I'm going to give him a read. He's a 1-1 one, one for Black Black 2. Zombies you control, zombies you cast cost one less to cast, and zombie creatures you control, including him, get plus one, plus two. So he's actually a three, two for four that makes your dudes cost less. And get bigger. Yes. Vengeful Dead. Vengeful Dead, like Plague Belcher, three, two, four, whenever Vengeful Dead or another zombie dies, each opponent loses one life. Win condition. And finally, we have Zula Port Cutthroat. Old Zuli, 1-1 one, one for 2, black and 1. Whenever Zula Port Cutthroat or another creature you control dies, each opponent loses 1, you gain 1. Another win condition. So density of win conditions in the creature slots. Lots of them. And density of lords. Also lots. So when, when we get into a couple of the sorceries and instants, we're going to go back to the creature section to say, this is what you get with that, or this is how you interact these two pieces together. Okay, instants, three of them only. So ultra quick hits. Okay, here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Here we go, here we go. Ryan. <coughs> Ryan. <coughs> you. Okay, for those of you who have listened to the show for a long time, you're going to know the story about this card. Moonlight Bargain. The card we didn't bite. Totally did bite. And the card we didn't get your dog to eat. In foil. Bit, in foil, Brando, Ryan, a matter of will call me Optimus, probably make a man super tough. Dog's name. I don't think that that happened, but let's give it a read. Give it a read there. Moonlight Bargain is an instant for three black black, rare from Ravnica. Instant, wait, of course it's instant. Look at the top five cards of your library. For each card, put that card into your graveyard unless you pay two life. Then put the rest into your hand. That's like fact or fiction set black. We call it Blackdoor Fiction. <laughs> Interesting there. A, it's an instant. B, you could put the cards into your hand or graveyard, and in this deck, it doesn't really matter. Let's say you cast that card and you're at like eight life. Well, if you wanted all five cards, you would need to pay 10. Right. In this deck, any creatures that you reveal with Moonlight Bargain, straight into the bin. Because you'll just get them back with a reanimate spell or with Balthor himself because he's a mass reanimator. Right. And then you pay life for the non-creature cards. So either way, you can get all the cards all the time. Draw five for five at instant speed. How about Songs of the Damned? Songs of the Damned. Instant for black. Add black to your mana pool for each creature in your graveyard. Huh. Remember what I just said about Moonlight Bargain? Yeah. Remember what I just... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's very good. Sometimes you get 20 off it. Crazy. It's good. Yeah. So now we're on to the super spicy section of the instance. Vampiric Tutor. Yeah, sorry. Instant black. Search your library for a card. Put it on top. Lose two life. Yep. Sorceries? Sorceries. Got ambitions cost. Four mana. Draw three. Lose three. Beseech the queen. Black, black, black. Tutor. Buried alive. Black two. Tutor three creatures into your graveyard. Decree of pain. Destroy all creatures. Draw cards equal to creatures dead. Demonic tutor. Tutor. Diabolic tutor. Tutor for four. Exanguinate. Win the game for X. Grim discovery. Raise dead and raise dead land? Yeah. You get a creature into your hand and a land into your hand for black one. Morality shift. Oh, baby. Now we're talking. Okay. Morality shift. Sorcery. Black, black, five. Exchange your graveyard and your library. Then shuffle your library. 
<laughs> so if nobody's ever seen this, it was actually printed in judgment. I'm sure for some mook to try and draft both Balthor and morality shift in the same draft deck. When you have like two or three cards in your graveyard and you just go swap, shuffle my three card library, black, 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 XL Balthor win the game. Yeah. I'm, that yeah. Oh man, it's like my favorite thing. That is the truth. Next up we have Reanimate. Black. Reanimate. Sign in blood. Black black. Draw two, lose two. Stitch together. Raise dead unless you have threshold, then it's reanimate. Siphon mind. Black three. Each player discards a card. You draw cards equal to the life lost this way. Twilight's call. Ooh, we've talked about this guy before. Black black four. Mass reanimate. Black, black, six, mass reanimate, instant speed. Victimize. Ooh, Brando's new favorite. Black, two, choose two targets in a graveyard, sack a creature, bring those two cards back. It's just so dirty. You get two back for, 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 for one. one. And the one could be a grave crawler. And yeah. You replay the grave crawler. You sometimes want it to be a grave crawler because you need it to die and come back to get both triggers. It's madness. Yahani's expertise. Yahani. Yahani. Black, black, two. All creature get minus three, minus three, and then you can play a three drop from your hand into play. Yogmoth's will. Yogmoth's will. Remember what I talked about, just getting straight value? Sometimes you need the value will. You can play all cards in your graveyard until end of turn. If something were to hit your graveyard, it gets exiled instead for black, two. One of the most powerful cards ever printed, my favorite art, and one of my favorite cards. If it was from Invasion... It would be the ultimate euphoric experience for me, but it's not. <laughs> it's from Urza's. Of course it's from Urza's. Yeah. Uh, lastly, we have Zombie Apocalypse. How fitting. Black, 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 three. Return all zombie cards from the graveyard to the battlefield and destroy all humans. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Random. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. So those are the instants. Some super powerhouses there. The reanimate spells let you get back your big fatties that are ultimately going to hit the graveyard through sacrifice effects, discard effects, or sorry, discard because you have more than eight in your hand because there's lots of card draw and or tutors where you specifically tutor the card to your graveyard, a la Corpse Connoisseur or Buried Alive or what have you. Moving on just quick to the two enchantments, we've got an Animate Dead, which is another reanimate spell for two mana and a Phyrexian Arena, more card draw, black, black, one, during your upkeep, draw a card, lose a life. Super powerful in black. If you're playing black, you probably want to be playing Phyrexian Arena. Yeah, this is some good stuff there. And I guess we'll round it out with the artifacts. Yes, sir. Okay. here we, uh, Let's do it. We've got Basalt Monolith. Three drop mana rock. Taps for three. Combos with another artifact you'll see in a minute. Bontu's Monument. Three drop. Black creatures cost less. Whenever you cost a, cast a black creature, drain. Cage Sun. Makes zombies bigger. Doubles your blacks. We already talked about Coat of Arms. Makes everything big. Doubling Cube. Doubles all your black. Expedition Map. Searches for Cabal Coffers or Urborg Tomb to Yawgmoth. Gauntlet of Power. Makes all your zombies big. Doubles your black. Lotus Petal. That's so you can get a black when you cast Yawgmoth's Will if you've already played a land. Mesmeric Orb. Combos with Basalt Monolith. It's a two-drop artifact. Whenever you untap something, mill a card. Mindstone. Two-drop Mana Rock. You can tap it for a colorless or draw a card. Phyrexian Altar. Combos with Gravecrawler. When 
You sack Gravecrawler to Phyrexian Altar to get a black. You can replay Gravecrawler with said black and have infinite exit and enter the battlefield effects, triggering any of your zombies that drain opponents. Zulaport Cutthroat, Bantu's Monument, you name it, the list goes on and on. Soul Ring. That's a Soul Ring. Vanquisher's Banner. Let you draw your whole deck with the uh, aforementioned Gravecrawler combo because it says whenever you cast a card of the chosen type, you choose zombies, of course, you draw a card. Zombies get plus one, plus one. Five drop artifact. We talked about it last week, I think, right? Yes. Yes. Now, let's just go back real quick to Mesmeric Orb because that combos with Basalt Monolith. Basalt Monolith, you tap for three, and it says to untap it, you have to pay three. You just tap and untap, tap and untap. And with Mesmeric Orb in play, whenever you untap, you mill. Then with all your mana doublers or your Song of the Damned having your entire library in your graveyard, you get... 21, 25 black mana, whatever it is, and then you go to town, which could include just exsanguinating everybody. Sweet. It's fun. Yeah. Sounds Graveyard. Fun. Graveyard shenaniganery. Yeah. Um, also, I just thought of this. A la uh, the story about Mindslaver last week with Cheaty Face. <laughs> yes. How awesome would it be to Mindslaver somebody and then make them play Vanquisher's Banner just like name Unicorn? <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not even that much, but just do it. Why not? I think technically you have to name a creature type that exists. Unicorns exist. I'm sure unicorns exist. I don't think that they do. <clears throat> there are 12 unicorns, Ryan, and I'll oh. bet you all of them are terrible. Let's read. This one is the most unicorny looking unicorn I've ever seen. It even has a little beard. It has a little horn and everything. Benevolent unicorn. If a spell would deal damage to a creature or player, it deals that much damage minus one to that creature or player instead. And it's a one, two for one and a white. Isn't that sweet? I don't mind that in like a pillow fort deck. It's from Mirage. There's 12 unicorns. I'm having a hard time believing this. U zebra unicorn. Wait, is it a zebra or is it a unicorn? Or is it the flag of Japan? Look it up. You'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Thank you, Mirage. For each one damage zebra unicorn deals, gain one life. It's, huh. it's kind of like lifelink, except before, not. Well, before lifelink existed, you could have you could give him lifelink and he'd still have that ability. Then you give him soul bond, you'd gain three life for every one damage he did. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> zebra unicorn Voltron. What a house. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, back to the deck. Okay, let's talk about the lands real quick because there are only 34 of them. Lots of swamps because we're playing Cabal Coffers and Tomb to Yawgmoth, but we're also playing Lake of the Dead, Phyrexian Tower, and Ancient Tomb for those explosive starts because this is a combo deck. Okay, we'll go over those. We'll go over some of those lands real quick. We've got Phyrexian Tower. It's a comes into play taps for colorless, or you can tap it, sack a dude, and get black black. Ancient Tomb is tap, add two colorless, take two damage good start to any game of Magic the Gathering playing cards you're going to be playing in. And Lake of the Dead, one of my favorite lands, actually, has one of the sweetest arts I've ever seen. Uh, comes into play Sack Swamp. Or Sacrifice Lake of the Dead. You, or, yeah. you, you choose. Yeah, take your pick. I think I'll Sack a Swamp. Just Sack that Lake of the Dead. Like, you know what? I don't need this land drop. Get out of here. <laughs> what the hell? Do not do that. Yeah, or And then it taps for black after that. Or you can tap it, Sack a Swamp, to get black, 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 black. Four black is really good. Yeah, that's the uh, super opening start that I used to use in Relentless Rats. Because oh. it was turn two thrumming stone, or turn three thrumming stone or something. Yep. It's very good. Okay, so a couple of the other stats we track. There's eight card draw spells, and I'm not including the reanimate 
cards because, I mean, even the ones that reanimate more than one dude, I'm just talking about it says draw a card on it. Okay. Targeted removal, none. Zero. Like a big fat ass goose egg. <laughs> I don't care. It's a combo deck. I don't yeah. care what you do. Mass removal, four. And they are like Yeheni's Expertise or the um, Decree of Pain. They draw you cards, right? Ramp spells, we're talking about Song of the Damned. That's the only one. Super explosive with your own mill effects, but the the main place you're getting all your mana is your rocks. There's 12 of them. If you count, if you count the ones that double your mana, like... Um, Cage Sun, Gauntlet of Might. Yeah, and like Crypt Ghast and Doubling Cube, and then you got your Soul Ring, your Mind Stone, your Lotus Petal, which is a free one. Although Crypt Ghast isn't in any way a mana rock. Nobody's a dork. Same section of right. my notes. <laughs> <laughs> You're letting them in on our secrets. <laughs> okay, six sacrifice outlets, getting things into the graveyard, super important. Nine reanimation effects. That's why I didn't count them as card draw spells. And four regrowth effects. That puts things back into your hand so you can cast them again. Not quite as good as reanimate proper, but still important and provides lots of redundancy. Especially if you want to not have something in play right now, but you have a like a regrowth or like a grave digger type effect. Oh, one planeswalker as well. We didn't talk about um old school Liliana Vess. We're playing the worst Liliana Vess. She tutors to the top of your library. And she makes somebody discard a card. She tutors to the top of your library. Yeah, that's yeah, mostly that's what, what she's she there. She's for. five mana tutor, five mana slow tutor. Yeah, she could probably get cut, but I just like her. I don't like her. I'd cut her immediately. I'd cut her for that. Uh, what is that? Super duper binding blade. Whatever the hell that thing's called. I have no idea what that thing is or what binding blade is. Okay, well let me tell you about it. Elbrus the binding blade is an artifact equipment for oh, seven. Oh yeah. Equipped yeah. creature gets plus one plus zero oh, when equipped creature deals combat damage to a player. You unattach it, you flip it over, and it turns into Withengar Unbound, which is a flying intimidate trampling thirteen thirteen. Whenever another player loses the game, you put thirteen plus one plus one counters on him. Most excellent. I would definitely play that in a well, like any black deck, basically. I, I do have one. The only black deck I actually have, like mono black, I should say, is Hirobi. And equipment is real bad in Hirobi. Oh, yeah, because every time you target with equipment, it dies. Yep. Don't do that. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely don't do that. I play a surprisingly little number, a few number of black decks. Just realize that. I think mono black is my favorite mono color. I, I just every it, Mono black just lets you cheat. If you want to cheat at Magic the Gathering, play mono black. Because it'll let you do anything for yeah the right price. If you even if you want to destroy artifacts, you can play Gate to Phyrexia or Phyrexian Tribute. Those Phyrexians, man, they're always on the cutting edge. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, they they come up with everything. Okay, so let's move in a little bit on how to play the deck. We talked about a couple of the combos a little bit. I want to talk about just a couple more of the creatures. If we go back to something like Massacre Worm and. Grave Crawler, sacking and bringing back, sacking and bringing back. Because remember, we got eight tutors in the deck. We can find Grave Crawler. We can find Phyrexian Altar. Then you've got Infinite Exit or Enter the Battlefield. I think you, you, you're thinking Diagraph Colossus, not Massacre Worm. I think is what you're thinking. Oh, shit. Yes. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. There so you whenever Grave Crawler enters the battlefield again, you're getting another 2-2 zombie. 
right? So you can have infinite zombies, super good with coat of arms. It is a coat of arms thing. Yep, that's a coat of arms thing. You could get infinite drain that way with, like I said, Zulaport Cutthroat or Vengeful Dead, Plague Belcher, Bantu's Monument. But the but the PS to, to Resistance <laughs> Excellent. is when you get your whole library into your graveyard. We've been over the ways on how to do that. You get to seven mana, you go Balthor for four, sack it for three, get everybody back. Because every zombie is going to come in and trigger Noxious Ghoul. It's going to kill everybody's creatures because you've got about 25 zombies in the deck. So all creatures are going to get minus 25, minus 25. Whenever one of them dies, Massacre Worm is going to make that creature's controller lose two life. If that's not enough, you've got... Gray Merchant of Asphodel, and he's going to do about 40 to everybody. And then you're going to gain that much life. So you're going to gain like 120 life. And if that's not enough, then you can take your Carrion Feeder or your Phyrexian Ghoul and sacrifice all your other creatures, and everybody's going to lose three or four life per creature dying. And if that's not enough, you can then reanimate your Pitiless Plunderer, because he would have died from Noxious Ghoul. And whenever any creature died from sacking to carrion feeder, you get a mana for free. You get a treasure token. You can sacrifice 20 of them, and then you can exsanguinate for like 20 more. That's how the deck, that's the real way that the deck plays. So you flip your library into your graveyard, and then you win. Yeah. Even if someone's at like 200 life. Very good. Now, if that doesn't work, plan B. Beat wholesale ass. Because there's six lords. And they're big lords. They're good. And statistically, zombie tokens are typically a little bit bigger than the average token, given that they're two twos instead of one ones. Not negligible. You have many ways of making those tokens. Just a super fun deck. I mean, getting to seven and then getting to seven again to do morality shift and then Balthor, kind of loose, kind of janky, but super fun. Flipping your library into your graveyard and then just dangling your nuts out in the wind and saying go because you don't have that second bout of seven mana and letting the game go all the way around and you're waiting for somebody to bajookabog you is like <laughs> <laughs> the worst feeling in the world rest in peace that that's, would do it yeah that's yep. that's a good one so we're going to get into a little bit of that in the uh, strengths and weaknesses section but rip your deck <laughs> yeah, yeah so bad moving on Moving on to the budget section. Like Coat of Arms, let's get this out of the way. Lands. There's three fetch lands in a monocolor deck. I'm playing Yawgmoth's Will and I'm playing Grim Discovery. That gets them both back. If you cut them, you're saving 79 bucks and a possible spot with Grim Discovery. You can play a better reanimation spell. Also, Ancient Tomb, $31. F that. You can play Crystal Vein or Temple of the False God. Both give you two colorless, just not necessarily on turn one. Yes. Also, Cavern of Souls. When it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures casted with the mana from Cavern can't be countered. There is no way in hell this card should be $60. It has generic art. It has a generic name. It has generic Everything, there's nothing about it. It's tribal. It should have been printed to crap and been a $4 card. It should have been in Masters 25. It should have been in Modern Masters 
one and two. It should have been in... What the heck did we just have that was so shitty? Was it another master set? Yeah, that other master set. Iconic master. Iconic master. It should have been everywhere. It should have been in every commander deck. There's no way that this card is now $90. It was $60 when I made the show notes. It's outrageous. F this card. That's $18,000 Canadian. Yeah, that's like more than the car I wanted to buy on Kijiji. It's outrageous. Which is Canadian Craigslist for anybody from Land of the Free. Yeah, but it goes in what? Like, how many modern decks does it go in? All of them. Yeah. And it goes in lots of legacy. Like, it's just, it's a good card. But they should have reprinted it so many, because it is a really good card. And it's super generic, right? Why do they yeah. give lands generic names? You want to push tribal cards? Don't have the best ones. Cost $100. That's a thing. Yeah. You want people to play tribal? Make it so that people can afford it. Okay, total savings just from lands. Oh, sorry, I'm not done ranting about lands yet. And this is my own deck. <laughs> Frexian Tower, 30 bucks. Could probably be like a Mirren the Moaning Well, which is 11. Or get this, Argul's Bloodfast slash Temple of Axelot or whatever. They're just cheaper ways to sacrifice a creature on a land. Yes. So that's why Phyrexian Tower is in there because it bins a creature for you. And um, it's 29 bucks. Your total savings on land in the one minute I've talked about it, $200. It's not too bad. Also, I'm going to say Phyrexian Tower has super sweet art on it. That yes. old school magic oh, yeah. hand-painted look. It looks just like you're on the fifth sphere and you can tell there's some shit going down in that tower. Definitely some dudes getting tortured so they can like find better ways to destroy artifacts in mono black. Yes. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah, and draw cards and gain life. And Some dude's getting creatures. like a cannon mounted on instead of an arm. Ooh, like Mega Man. Or like Trapjaw from He-Man. Ooh, also good. Yes. Actually, probably any He-Man bad guy could be like a Phyrexian guy. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Just Trapjaw and yeah, Triclops. Just, just Trapjaw and Triclops. And I can't think of the guy's name. Oh, no, wait. There's a He-Man, He-Man friend named Mechanek. His power was he could uh, make his neck real long. So that he could look around. Is that the only thing he could make real long? Just his neck. He's not mecha dick, Ryan. That silence was me stifling my laugh. Because <laughs> that was actually really funny. But I was trying to be professional, Brando. Ha! Ah, have you listened to the show? Yes. <laughs> We're very professional. Okay, moving on. Yogmoth's Will. 50 bucks. Run Megas of the Will. It's Yogmoth's Will on a creature. Is he a zombie? He's not. He's a wizard or some shit. Like they're, they're always wizards. Yeah, make them a relevant. I guess wizard has a very relevant. Wizard creature has type. become a relevant creature type. Here's a question: Is wizard a relevant creature type outside of blue? And let me just adjust question, my liege. There are Kess decks now, and there are Jaleva decks, like these Storm decks. Like uh, the Commander 2017 was a Grixis Wizard deck. Is Black and red relevant in the wizard decks, or you just play all the best blue wizards because they're the best? Well, how I always answer those questions in my head when I ask them, because I do, if you take blue out of your wizard deck, what do you got left? Rakdos wizards? Yeah, if the answer is nothing, because that's the answer to that question, yes, blue is very good, and no, wizards are not re relevant outside of blue, I would argue, and I would be right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the most accurate way to say that is... Black and red in your blue-based wizard deck makes it better. Absolutely. But you could totally get off and make it to the bank with mono blue wizards. Yeah. Yeah. Mono blue wizards and Okay, well, if you if you ran Megas of the Will for three bucks and Lightning Greaves for four, that's going to save you like 40, 
one dollars on your it's Yogmas Will is seventy dollars now. When I made the list it was fifty. What the hell's going on? How long ago did you make these notes? Like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> um Demonic Tutor, forty bucks. How about another Wrath Effect? The deck used to run Hex. Just pick six creatures and dust them. Yeah, Fifty dust cents. It's very good. And it's awesome. It's like a one-sided board wrath. Is Decree of Pain big money? I don't think so. Do you want to not run that? No, it's not. Decree of Pain's a buck. Just run Decree of Pain. You could run Killing Wave, too. That's another Killing good one. Wave, I know yeah. that it's a... It, what, do you call, what do you call those effects where it's either or, and they always pick the one that sucks for you? And is, is less sucky for them. It's yeah. a choice card, right? It's like modal for your opponent. Yeah. Modal for you, excellent. Uh, modal for your opponent choosing, not so good. Killing Wave in this deck, though, because it's a big mana mono black deck. You could just have it so if they pay for one creature, they die. Yeah, or you could use, um, and this could go in the Wrath slot or the Exanguinate slot. You could play Torment of Hailfire. Yeah, that's a good one, too. The, the Black, Black, X, repeat three times, sack a creature, sack a permanent, lose three life or whatever. That one is such a beating. Yeah. Oh. It's awesome to watch people like, okay, I'll sack this, sack this. Uh, oh, shit. Okay, I got to lose three, lose three, lose three. Oh, man. Okay, I can't. Hmm. What do I do? <laughs> right? It's excellent. Anyways, the Mesmeric Orb Basalt Monolith combo is worth about $25 as well. And that's just because Mesmeric Orb is like 23 bucks. Let's mouse over it on tappedout.net to see how much it's worth now. Okay, so that one that one's remained true. Mesmeric Orb is still only about twenty bucks. Okay, fine. So basically what you're saying, if this deck, if you're listening to this, oh, there's Brando and Ryan talking about another graveyard combo list. If you detune it from being such an efficient graveyard combo list and turn it into more of a recursive zombie beat wholesale ass list, you're gonna have a little bit of a a spicier build and you're gonna end up with a savings of around 400 bucks. You know what? I agree with you could turn it into more of the zombie deck proper. The, oh, it died, doesn't matter. I'll bring it back. Oh, it died, bring it back. You can just unprofitably block. You can swing in to get that extra two points. Your guy dies, he comes back, and you're going to save $304. That was my price list from a month ago. So you're, now it's like eight hundred and sixty-five dollars. Yeah, now you're going to be saving three fifty to four hundred based on the increases in the cards that I said to cut. And like, and in the ridiculous uh, price category with Tapdot.net's new super uh, streamlined pricing system, there are a bunch of cards that aren't being included in the monumental price tag. I have, I did go into each of them individually, and at the time, remember a month ago, I said that the deck was worth. $703. After you cut all of those things that I told you to cut and put in cheapies instead, you're looking at $399. Which is about, I don't know, what somebody <laughs> spent. You, it's what you're expecting to spend if you're going to build a deck from the ground up. Exactly. you've never played a game of Magic the Gathering before in your life. You know what's funny is most people that have, you know, a reasonable collection have have $300 worth of cards just lying in their trade binder or their trade box that they could throw this deck together with. The only thing that stops you from a deck like this is it is using some old cards. Lots of the zombies are from like Scourge or Onslaught or like Songs of the Damned is from Ice Age, for example. Lots of the stuff, and I was actually just going to say that we were talking last week how... If you've been playing for a little while, you're probably going to have lots of ooze stuff because lots of the ooze things came out very recently and they're all junk and nobody cared about them or cares about them now. Whereas now, zombies is probably one of the biggest tribes that there are. 
and the cards are pretty old, so you might have a little bit of trouble finding some of these. Uh, in your trade binder, unless you've been playing for a long time, you probably just won't have them kicking around. But they're out there, and they're not super-duper expensive. Minus, is it Death Baron that's so much money? Yeah, Death Baron's like 30 bucks or whatever. He's the... 22 bucks. 2-2 two, two for 3 gives skeletons and zombies Death Touch. Yeah, for your skeleton tribal, just in case. Yeah, in case you're playing Skent tribal. Yeah. And you know what? Um, zombies of late have gone into green and they've gone into white with Amonkhet, right? If you want to build mono black zombies, everything you said is 100% accurate. If you want to branch out and maybe build like Abzan zombies or hell, even five color zombies if you got a little bit of everybody. That could be an interesting. We should we should maybe uh maybe we should write that down, do that sometime. How about this? How about CCO Nation? Any five color zombie lists out there? Send Ooh. them in. Yeah, let us know. We'll uh if we find a good one, we'll uh do a show on it. For sure. Okay. Strengths and weaknesses. Which one do you want to start with, Ryan? Strengths? Sure. I was 50-50. <laughs> Hard to disrupt. So many graveyard shenanigans and redundancy, including redundancy built right onto the commander. Yes. Monocolor. Super simple mana base. If you want to cut all the $200 worth of stuff that I said, it's still good because you're still running Cabal Coffers. Yes. And like um, Expedition Map, which yeah. finds you Cabal Coffers. Lots of card draw. Like I said, nine card draws plus the reanimation cards. You can choose your strategy. You can choose to mass reanimate. You can choose to beat wholesale ass. You can choose to drain. You can choose to go big mana. So lots of avenues to victory. Yeah. Very important. Yep. Uh, multiple plays to win. That's one of the things we say, right? Yes. Very hallmark uh, EDH strategy if you can win in a bunch of different ways. It makes you more difficult to beat. Yes. Weaknesses. Same as the strength. If you have a really good graveyard piece of graveyard hate especially if it's an enchantment that's the end of your day yes especially if you've tried to go off if somebody rest in pieces you you're in trouble you're in less trouble with like a ley line of the void where you can play around it the whole game but you don't really have a way of getting rid of it the way the deck is built now so a well-timed rest in peace a well-played tormon's crypt you're yeah. you're done yeah even even something like Bajuka Bog, if it gets the thing that you needed to land, enters the battlefield, exile a graveyard. If you get Bajuka Bogged and it gets your Lotus Petal that you needed off of your Yogmoth's Will that was in your hand, it's going to get you, right? So that's for sure. It can also feel a little bit redundant. That's the first thing that I have with Gravecrawler combo or, oh, it's a big mono black deck. It's going to do either Exanguinate, Torment to Hailfire, or... Grey Merchant to Asphodel, that's what it's going to do, right? And that's what it does. Which is kind of what we try to stay away from, but because Balthor is a fairly uncommon commander, I did want to talk about it, and we're going to get into that in the Spice Calculator in just a sec. Yes. The last thing that I wanted to touch on is if you're playing a combo deck, you gotta know your deck. You gotta know what you're searching for. There's lots of tutors. You gotta know what to play around. You gotta know if they have that piece of removal that's going to get you. Right, you gotta realize that they have one white up that they're gonna exile the thing that you need. It's not gonna go to your graveyard. <laughs> the thing that's triggering your win, they're gonna get it. Because yep. swords and path are everywhere, that's and there's the there's like blue swords and path now even with like the uh, enchantment ones and pongify and and there's what is it reality shift or something when you just you nuke it and then you put your top put the top card of your library in. Oh as a yeah, two -two. yeah, 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 yeah. Flip. We're going to move on to card of the, of the week. week. I think this week we're going to go Song of the Damned. 
Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Talked about it a few times. Remember, from Ice Age only, unless you play online, 20 cents. That's a good one. Could be far worse than Dark Ritual. Lots of cases, much, much better. Has better art, too. You think there's like 17 different arts for Dark Ritual? I like this art a lot. Um, We've talked lots about art on the show, uh, how I like things with big scary mouths. I also like these kind of abstracty looking ones. If you haven't seen this card, it's kind of like a blue field with kind of like a spirit looking thing floating out of it. And there's kind of like maybe a demon or an alien or something kind of in the background. It's really cool. I have no idea what the hell's going on in that picture. It, it looks like something from R-Type. If you've ever played R-Type, it's a video game, and you should all play it. Uh, very reminiscent of that. Hmm. So it's it's one of those really cool cards to own and have. Mine is altered art with a different art on it. What the F? It doesn't come in foil. This is one of the decks I'm taking to Vegas. It's got to be Pimp. Makes sense. We should post your altar on the Facebook page so you can see. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll do that. What deck should I bring to Vegas? I don't know, bring a couple. The struggle is real. Got any super pimp ones? Well, here's the thing, though. You got to, like, glue your super pimp stuff to your ass when you go to these conventions because so much stuff gets stolen, right? Also, all of my super pimp decks, I'm not sure, are going to... Like, my snake deck is really pimped out, Mm -hmm. but what the hell am I going to win with snakes in, like, a... I don't trust anybody to bring fun decks. Not even you. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, I guess moving on to, to where do we go from here? The milk list? Milk list. Everybody loves the milk list. Okay, the milk list, as per edhrec.com, is the most played card at each converted mana cost, in this case 0 to 16, in whatever color pairing we're talking about. Today? Black. At the 0 drop slot, Everflowing Chalice. No. At the 1 drop slot, Soul Ring. Yes. Huh. At the 2 drop slot, Demonic Toot. Yes. At the 3 drop, Phyrexian Arena. Yes. That probably could have been card of the week, eh? Nah, it's pretty common in lots of decks. Uh, it's, it's super good. Yeah. Four drop slot, Cryptgast. Yes. Hmm. Five drop, Grey Merchant of Asphodel. Yes. Six drop, Cage Sun. Yes. So, seven drop, Shieldred the Whispering Butthole. No. Used to play it. Oh. Took it out. Eight drop slot, Decree of Pain. Yes. Hmm. Nine drop slot, In Garrick's Wake. No. Took that out too. <laughs> <laughs> 10-drop slot, Dread Cackle Demon. What the hell is that? Uh, that's old. It's like from Commander 1. Okay, well, we'll, we'll worry about that later. We'll look it up in a minute. Yep. Ulamog the Infinite Guy at 11. No. It the Betrays at 12. Nope. Emrakul the Promised End at 13. Nope. Emrakul the Eons Torn at 15. No. Draco at 16. Nah. No. No. Uh, seven Milk List matches. Nine if you include the two that you cut. Yeah, I cut them because the converted mana cost was too high for the deck. I was thinking about running ad nauseum in it for a while, and I was like, this cannot be a thing. Yeah, no, no, that would brutalize you no. real quick. I chose Moonlight Bargain over ad nauseum. Good choice, I think. In this deck, for sure. So, let's check out this gr- Dread Caco Demon. There he is. Uh, he is an 8-8 for 7 black, black, black for a demon. When he enters the battlefield, if you cast it from your hand, destroy all creatures your opponents control, then tap all other creatures you control. And he is from Commander 1, you're right. Yeah. And Commander Anthology. Yes. It's like a one-sided wrath. What deck did you figure he was printed in? Kalia. Uh, Kalia, you think? Yeah, but Kalia put him into play, it wouldn't even work. He was in Kalia. It's kind of a non-bow. No, he comes into play for free off of Kalia and kills all their shit. Only if you play it from your hand. You have to cast it from your hand. Kalia just puts it into play from your hand. Oh. Stupid wizards. Yeah, stupid everybody, including Kalia. Building all that super broken crap and then not having it work with their other 
actually pretty fair crap. Yeah, you could actually do like um, another in a long line of black wrath effects that I like so much. You could do Decree of Pain in Garrick's Wake, Dread Caco Demon. If you're playing against like a token deck that rebuilds super fast, just bang, bang, bang. You're like, stop playing creatures. I'm going to continue wrathing in black. Seven, eight, nine. Yep. Take eight. And there is six. Like you could hex too. And before that, you could. Um, Damnation? No, Damnation's four. Okay, okay, well, hold on, hold on. I got it, I got it. You could go Bantu's Last Reckoning on three, Damnation on four, Crux of Fate on five, Hex on six, Decree of Pain on seven, Ingerk's Wake on eight, Dread Caco Demon on ten, is that right? Yes, I believe Dread Caco Demon was ten. Yeah, he's ten, because he's seven, black, black, black. Don't play creatures. That'd <laughs> 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 be the most Jesse thing you could ever do. Yeah, stupid. Jesse. F you, Jesse. Uh, spice calculator? Spice calculator. Okay, so like we mentioned at the top of the show, 148 decks when I originally made the show notes. And if we look today... That remains 148 decks. Yeah, so not very many decks of this guy. That's weird because, like, I don't know, maybe it's the minions thing. Like, all minions get plus one, plus one, throws people off. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. What's they, minion tribal? I want to do minion tribal. Let's, let's look at a couple of the guys that he's less popular than. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> yeah. he's, go- he's right underneath, what is it? Zhao Hu Dur the One-Eyed? <laughs> Zhao Dun. <laughs> Zhao Dun the One-Eyed. He's a 3-2 for two black black with horsemanship. Sack him and you can return a black creature from your graveyard to your hand. And you can only do that during your first main phase. Terrible. But he saw, he was printed in From the Vault Legends. Was, foil. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. No, that was a different one. No, that was also a different one. Are you sure? Yes. How sure? That's are you? why people actually play him. That's why he has 162 decks. Then why is he still forty-five dollars? Because he's from P3K. But he's also from from the Vault Legends. That's from a from a Vault set before they were like a thing, right? Oh, I even I have two of them. Really? In my trade binder. Yeah. No way. So um, if anybody wants a foil Zhao Du the One-Eyed. Sounds like a dick. Pick Brando up. He sends guys cards all the time, it turns out. Yeah, I'm I'm a big card sender. Get this. Balthor the Defiled, less lists than Phage the Untouchable. (laughs) 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 When you cast Phage from not your hand, you lose the game. And she costs seven. Yeah. Four of them are black. Four hard black. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness sakes. He, Balthor's actually the 26th ranked mono black commander. And that surprises me a lot. He's he's very good, as we just illustrated. Yeah, he's good. Average converted mana cost of the deck, 3.5. Right where you want to live. Yeah, and, and that's after I took out the Ingarrick's Wakes and the Shieldreds and stuff because it was just, it, was, it wasn't working. Critical turn, four, because you can Balthor on turn three or two, if you have a Soul Ring, and you can Morality Shift on turn three, or if you go Morality Shift turn three with cards in your graveyard and then turn four, Balthor, and activate, you just win. Yeah. That the, can happen. The act of Balthoring makes you win the game. The act of in morality shifting makes you win the game. Yeah, but like the Balthor's activated ability is... The, oh, yeah, I suppose, yeah. That's the res- the trigger you have to respond to in order to avoid the inevitable loss of the game. Yes. That's where the super good Tormon's Crypt comes into play. Yep. And I love the variance that that provides, right? Like, you know that one of my favorite cards is Ad Nauseam. We were just playing the other day. I played two games in a row where I Ad Nauseamed. The first time I did it, died second time i did it i won yes and that that, let's talk about that game for a second i was playing my new anuji the what's his name the shifting flame the sphinx wherever yeah and then you 
puzzle box your hand. Every time you cast a spell, right? Yeah, so I killed myself by accident because <laughs> my deck was going <laughs> yeah. so good. And I Turns out, pro tip, CCO Nation, if you ever create a situation where you ever have to draw 104 cards and idiot, you're not going to win that game. It's not going to work. Mm, yep. Yeah, nope. Even if you have drawing those cards makes you win the game, you lose the game because you have to draw all the cards first. You have to resolve the... Because the draw 104 cards was all one trigger. Yes. It wasn't an individual trigger that got you a creature that got you to Perforos. It was a draw 104 and then resolve everything else. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. It worked so good in my head, though. And right after that, I totally scapeshifted and then won the game with Maze's End and Guildgates. Maze's End. Yeah. It only took me two years. I posted it on Twitter, got like 100 likes. That's my favorite... <laughs> Thing that happened to me in Magic in like the last two years. Maybe I'll bring that deck to Vegas. Could be fun. Anyways, moving on. Optimal game size for Balthor is four because as soon as people wise up to what you're doing, they're going to beat down on you like there's no tomorrow. Yes. I couldn't think of anything better to say that. Yeah, there's, there's very few things that we could say that would liken the beating that you would take that wouldn't offend somebody. Yeah. Yeah, and let's not, let's not do that. No. Yeah. Uniqueness rating? 30 cards different than the stock Balthor list on edhrec.com. Which sounds like not very many, but remember, this is a zombie tribal list. And, and it's mono-colored. Mono-black zombies, very popular. And mono-black in general has a lot of staples when you look at the um, the non-land staples like the Sidisis and, and blah, 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 right? Yeah, so you, that's a higher number than you'd think, just because of the popularity of the color and the creature type. Yeah, now where I got hurt was in the number of tutors. There's eight tutors, and I counted the ones that uh, tutor to your graveyard. As you always should. You always should, especially in this deck, because, I mean, why would you play a tutor that tutors to your graveyard if you can't capitalize on it? Can you imagine some stupid asshole playing Buried Alive and having no way to get the creatures back? <laughs> so excellent. I'm just going to get my three black dudes because I'm hoping somebody's playing Balfour. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Super tech though, like if you if you play your buried alive and you're facing the Balthor deck just so you can get value off it. Like, what if you get your dread caco demon <laughs> and you just f the Balthor player? Dread the caco demon has to be played from your goddamn hand. Oh yeah, it's dang. Bully. See what you. Why do no. people play that? I don't know. I don't know. Terrible. Terrible. Anyways. Terrible. Punch it all in. Eight tutors. Deep Thirty unique up? cards. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Twenty-eight spicy. It feels, it plays a lot spicier than it is on paper. It loses it loses numbers on paper, but what it loses on paper, it makes up for in the gameplay experience, I would say. I think so. Yes, there's lots of interaction and puzzle solving kind of on your end that you have to go through to find the line that'll take you around the graveyard hate to the finish line. That sounds like a final thought of the day. Yeah, it, it kind of does, and I'm going to give you one of those. But before that, remember, uh, hit us up on Facebook. You can be entered in to win the Thraxamundar deck, or if you want to send us a funny Mark Niles nickname, uh, our draw is next week for our, our, our one-year anniversary show, which is going to be lots of fun. Special deck list as well. Yes, super special deck list. Uh, so final thought on this deck, I guess, apropos of the deck that we're going to be talking about next week. <laughs> um. This is a deck that's very tuned. It's another graveyard combo list. I know that we've done a few of those in the last little bit. But this is one of those ones where if you kind of detune it a little bit, like we talked about, you take out some tutors, you take out some big money cards, 
and instead replace those with just some kind of fun zombie tribal stuff, you're still going to have a really competitive deck and a deck that's going to give you a lot of fun gameplay, lots of interactivity, and there's lots of different avenues to win, and a very spirit-of-the-format deck that's very reminiscent of what we've been talking about during this whole tribal arc where you're just beaten in with big fatties. There are classic magic cards. And speaking of classic magic cards, I feel we're going to be playing a lot of them on our one-year episode show on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Woo!